not. Oh wait, Barry's not here. No, well, not. next week, yeah. folks. Yeah, he yeah. escapes. I, 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 I step away for a week and nobody notices, but there is <laughs> no! Wow. Oh! Welcome, folks, to this Geek Shock number 80. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. And filling in for Dr. Vlarg. Just Michael. Just Michael. Hey, Just. Vlarg, I know you're listening. <laughs> Gentlemen, how was your week? What'd you do that was geeky? I did watch the uh, the most recent DC animated. Uh, You've been really on a kick with those. Well, you know, I've had them in my Netflix queue forever, and they finally just started coming because for the longest time it just said long wait. Well, uh, they finally started kicking around, and uh, so yeah, I watched the uh, Superman Shazam: The Rise of Black Adam or Return of Black Adam. Captain it, Marvel. And, yes. uh, and well, was, I know, but the actual title is Superman Shazam. It's called Shazam. Shazam's the wizard. He's call, he calls himself Captain Marvel in the thing, but the actual title That's of the... That's the legal agreement. Oh. The title for DC is he Shazam, and then Marvel can use Captain Marvel as a title, right. but call him Marvel, blah, blah, exactly. blah. Oh, that's right. But yeah. yes, Mar-Vel. the actual character in the short is Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Okay. So were you but, pleasantly pleased by the show this yeah, time? Yeah, I was. Um, this one is actually, the, the Superman and Captain Marvel one is only about 20 minutes long. Uh-huh. But the the whole disc is a compilation of shorts. There is a uh, there's uh, obviously that one. Um, there's a Green Arrow short. There is a Spectre short, and a um, wow. Jonah oh, Hex. I forgot the you don't other get Spectre one. Spectre shorts very often. Jonah Hex. Yes, thank you. Jonah Hex was the fourth <laughs> short, and then there's of course some Justice League Unlimited and and uh, Batman animated series stuff thrown so in. So, so it's a little package. Yeah, it uh, was pretty good. And, you know, seeing some of those episodes I haven't seen in several years, the love the JLU and, and Batman animated. But, uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool. I uh, I don't know that it's necessarily worth owning because the price that I saw, you know, a couple months ago when it was for sale. All right. But, uh, you know, it's it's good for rent. A watch and then send it back for the next one. <laughs> it's, it's the disposable entertainment culture we have cultivated now. Well, yeah. The shorts come well, like uh, Jonah Hex, the Green Arrow, and the Spectre come attached to other um, other animated things that that DC put out. Jonah Hex comes on um, uh, the Red Hood or okay. Batman okay. Under the Hood. Like oh the, like, no! Like, uh, uh, the Green Arrow was on Batman Under the Red Hood. Was it? I, yeah, I I do remember that one being. I on own there. Batman Under the Red Hood. That one comes with Jonah Hex. I, Unless I just maybe you got the better recently. version. Yeah, maybe, I guess the I Jonah Hex know. story kind of sucks. Now it's a region two. Now is that yeah. the same Jonah Hex story? Is a different one? Like different shorts it's, or same shorts? It's the same short. Really? Yeah. Well, DC that's not put cool. out like four shorts, and then after you know, if you didn't buy all the other <clears> movies that has the short attached to it. You can buy the the DVD that has the collection of all four, but the Black Adam is on, only comes with the with that short. Yeah, I guess so. So if you get all the shorts, does it form into one big movie like the Constructicons and just? Well, it doesn't tie in. No, no. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah, they're, I don't know. They're forced little standalone stories. They're not bad though. <laughs> Commander, what'd you do, Geeky, this week? What I did, Geeky was watch the first, most of the first season of UFO. <laughs> wow. I haven't thought of that in a while. Yes, that's... Uh, I've never seen a single episode of that. That is, it's, uh, it's a series from 1969 and 1970, done by the famous Jerry Anderson of Thunderbirds fame, I believe. Yeah, oh, yeah. yes. And um, it was really funny. I The first time I saw it, I was a child. And I do mean a single-digit child (laughs) and it's really weird watching this series and having very vague memories of watching it with my mom and asking her questions because stuff was confusing me but uh, it was really interesting it's uh, it's actually a hardcore series is it it it, it, it's uh it's like it's the earliest i can see in television reference where somebody gets shot and blood splatters appear on uh, their body Huh. And wow. yeah, and yeah, blood's and a big deal. That, so that's a big deal in the rating. That's uh, still kind of is. That's that's like uh, in the the pilot episode. And uh, wow. apparently, the aliens in in this series use projectile weapons. So there's some guy running away from a sighting, and you hear psh, 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 and plat plat plat. Wow! Right on his shirt, and he falls down. Right GI Joe bullshit. Yeah, um, <laughs> and of course, it's got that 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 uh, hyper '60s mod stuff is at the very height of that so 
there's some weirdness there. But there, I mean, there there's some hardcore moments in there. There's one scene where uh, one episode. Uh, spoiler alert! But I figure after all this time, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think you know, that window. Is I open. think we're also good. Forty years. Yeah. <laughs> but no, sh- sh- <laughs> Straker, the the commander, the guy who runs uh, Shadow, the Supreme Headquarters Alien Defense Organization, he actually makes a decision that uh, uh, jeopardizes the life of his son, and his son actually dies. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then there was another consequences. The, the last episode television? the last episode I just saw, they had this thing called an amnesia drug. People who encounter the aliens or encounter their organization because they're covert. Okay. Um, they have uh, they give them this drug and they forget the previous twelve hours. Wow. So it's not so, real amnesia, it's partial. Right. Right. And it just erases the, the past twelve hours they don't recollect. So, like truth and advertising. Yes, like the flashy thingy, and uh, the um, the the there's an alien that actually lands, and uh, they're pursuing him. They're through the English countryside, tra la 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 la, and there's this beeline story of a woman and her lover who are plotting to kill her husband. And they have it set up so when the husband comes home late at night, she's going to shoot him and claim it's an intruder. Well, the alien comes in and they shoot the alien. So Shadow catches up, sees the alien, sees them, takes them away, takes away the alien's body, is interviewing the husband, and slowly over the course of the episode, they put together that this couple had planned to kill the husband. Uh-huh. And uh, they, they, they figure this out after the amnesia drug's already been given. The, the big shot, Straker's like, well, the amnesia drug's been already given. And they're like, well, you're going to let him go? And he's like, well, what, what, there's nothing we can do. And they let them go. They actually let the, the woman and the man go. This sounds really sophisticated for its right? age. And the end scene, first of all, the end credits of UFO are super creepy. The, the opening credits is this really, dun, 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 I mean, typical 60s jazzy type of upbeat thing. The end credits become this very esoteric space sound music type of uh, ominous noise that, you know, sort of like projects how lonely the earth is out there. And uh, the end credits to this episode, there's the, there's the woman and she's standing over a tombstone. And she walks away, and as she goes into the background, the titles roll, and the final title, you see a form come around a corner and join her at the very end of the path out of the cemetery, and it's obviously her lover. And you realize they went ahead and uh, they got over the amnesia, reconstituted their plans, and killed the husband, and uh, that was the <laughs> end of the episode. Oh, wow. wow. wow <laughs> so I was watching that, and I'm like, there's so much now that just... <laughs> Brought would, you by Roald Dahl. It'd be rough... <laughs> Yeah. Rough to rough to play now, but it's really interesting because I'm watching this, and they have these aliens who are making these weird like once they start getting the defenses up, they're almost making suicide runs. They almost always get the aliens. The aliens have a hard time existing in our atmosphere for very long, and they keep making these suicide runs. And I actually haven't hit the part of uh, the series yet where they start explaining things. But I'm thinking of these, this idea of a, of a uh, if you will, alien culture mm-hmm. making suicide runs on Earth and, and struggling to understand why they're coming here and why we're fighting and thinking that this could actually be a very relevant series today if it was done correctly. Wow, yeah. So yeah. there's plenty about it that, you know, you, you sit there, you look at it, and... Uh, I mean, you just sit, well, well, cell phones would screw that up, and modern radar would screw that up, and, you know. But uh, if they could tweak it right, I actually think it could be a very relevant series. Huh. Hmm. The other thing I would comment is the miniatures are surprisingly good. Really? I'm actually really? very surprised. Right. They're not fantastic because, you know, fake is a $3 bill. is mm-hmm. it's, it's still fake no matter how well it's right. done. But I'm actually surprised at how well they're done. So there are a few air sequences that, that kind of look a little fake, but they have like these fake ground tractor tank things that roll around and stuff like that. And um, sometimes you, you have to lean forward and realize that that's a, that's a miniature. And then when you realize that the biggest television it would have been seen on in those days 
was probably not even 20 yeah, inches. Yeah, right. Yeah. It would have been really good. So, but it was, it was, it was, it, it's very interesting. It's very, very, very dated, very modish. I mean, it's supposed to take <laughs> place in 1980, and they're wearing all these quasi-60s outfits. Yeah. And you know, this one guy goes Barbarella, to a, a party, and the Beatles is playing and stuff, but... Um, but it was it was actually very interesting. It's very interesting. So that was my geeky thing. Well, that one story was. I almost want to watch it just for that. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. Such a yeah. such a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Michael, did you do anything geeky this week? Uh, you know, the biggest thing I can think of is I've been trying to read Lost Girls over my girlfriend's shoulder because I got it for as a Christmas gift and. Uh, Alan Moore's Lost Girls. Oh yes. man. Yes. The, the the sexy. The the sexy pornographic. Yeah. Uh, comic book. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, um, I'm, I, I got it to her as kind of like a segue into into comic books <laughs> and graphic Glad novels. You finished that sentence. And, uh, and well, yeah, <laughs> a segue into blank, blank, blank. It does that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just don't know if it's going to get her into comic books or into pornography. I don't know. <laughs> Either is acceptable. I I, I haven't I hadn't read it. I just I I know what she's into. And one of our early dates was to the Erotic Heritage Museum. So. There I figured, you, it, you know, Alan Moore's a great author. I, yeah. I, I love his, you know, The Watchmen and, and League of Well, his approach and, isn't going to be puerile. Yeah. So it, it, it is a, it is a, you and know. I, and, you know, also, you know, the characters, uh, Alice in Wonderland and, and Dorothy Gale from Wizard of Oz and, and uh, who am I missing? Wendy Moore Darling from Peter Pan. These are yeah. characters I know she knows. She's very big into the sure. literary aspect of it. So I figured this would be great. You know, Alan Moore's got, got a great way of, turning those literary characters into, into comic book heroes like he did with the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And I'd, I'd, I'd be very interested to get her into this. Well, then I bought the book, and it was sealed and wrapped, and I'm so anxious. I want to I want to see this. I want to see this. Oh. So I have to wait until Christmas Day, and she opens it, and I start flipping through it. I'm like, oh, my God, what did I give her? This is, this is, this is so graphic. I had no idea it was that graphic. But um, she's really enjoying it. In fact, she's probably at home reading it right now and finishing it up. That's the answer well, I wanted go. to hear right there. Yeah, she, yeah. I just don't know if it's going to segue into more graphic novels. Oh, sure. I'll sure, try to find something that's not so not so graphic. Well, They're all like this, honey. Just right? get, yeah. get a more gra well, Alan Moore stuff. Yeah, really. <laughs> League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, right there, because Mina Harkness is like a central it, character yeah. and a very good female character. Fine choice. Yeah. yeah so. I would, that, that was my plan. You know, get her get her Lost Girls and then go to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And then I'll kind of go back into my history and stuff. Yeah, and yeah that's a good question. You know, I mean, I know this has been tackled by other shows and so on, but not by us. Uh, what comics do you get somebody to introduce you, introduce them to comics that yeah, they really. are not comic readers at yeah. all? They they're they have they're not uh, turned on by superhero ideas, men or women. D doesn't matter. What what comic do you suggest? It's tough. It's it's it. I think it's almost like a shot in the dark. I had a a, a woman I was dating. Uh, loves fantasy and is really interested in occult type stuff and everything like that. And I got her their first two trades to Sandman, mm -hmm. and it just it uh, she was not won over or impressed. She didn't hate it, but it was nothing that made her like, oh, I want to get into the rest of this, you know. Wow, okay. Sandman so, was one I was thinking of actually. Yeah, and oh, Sandman's I another mean, good one. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, yeah, it depends on the person. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, yeah, it's no, it can be tough. It can be really tough. Mm -hmm. So I was going to get her Sandman, but I hadn't read it. I had already read all Sandman. So I was like, well, Lost Girls, I hadn't read that yet. So I'm, I'm notoriously bad at gift giving. Whenever I give someone a gift, I get the gift. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting it for me. Just here. I want you to look at this for a while. I got my roommate tools so I could use them. Well, I mean, I, I suppose The Walking Dead could be one now because there's a lot of people that are loving the series That's that true. you wouldn't have mm -hmm. thought would like that. And it was like, well, you know, Here's the graphic novel that it's based on, you know, that might get them into that. And, and that's one of the, the, the few well-adapted comic yeah. properties. Because it's like, try introducing someone to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen off of the movie. Oh, yeah. Lord you know? no, And no, it's no. like yeah. the, 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 the damn books are, so, are just like by orders of magnitude. <laughs> Better than the yeah. movie, you it's know. Like saying, "Hey, well, hey, here's some Judge Dredd, but watch the movie first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this room has been pacified. <laughs> My favorite line from that movie: uh, Spiegelman's Mouse. Yeah, yeah, that's a kind of a, I mean, award-winning 
very thought provoking, very very simple art, but very deep ideas. That's that's probably what I suggest. Yeah, give mm-hmm. him Sin City and watch him try to get started on that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah <laughs> now here's the movie to go with it. <laughs> All right, fine. That 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 breaks open the next question. What is the worst comic to give somebody to get them into Ooh, reading the worst comic books? One? Yeah. What do we would we say is don't know. Don't do that one. There was a god awful one that Barry got at Comic Con that I'm trying to remember what it was, and it was just really graphic and terrible and all these terrible things are going on in this thing uh and it was it was like zombies but it was it wasn't um it was more of an infection and they were still like somewhat loosened and i assume this is an independent of sorts uh you know what it has a name attached to it okay and I can't. I just. I'm trying to think back. To oh, I, you know what? Here. I think I know what it and is. There was so no, much going on. No, I know exactly what it is. It's Garth Ennis's Crossed. Uh, oh, be. yeah. Oh. I, I think it is Ennis. Actually, there's oh, some boy. people I would introduce comics with that particular <laughs> one, but, but yeah, like, for you know, someone, people getting torn apart and yeah, stuff. You know, spoiler alert. But that's yeah, crazy. It, he just showed me a couple of pages. Oh, and come I'm on. Like, Good lord. What, what is it about raping dead bodies you don't find attractive? I don't I'm sorry. No. But uh, yeah, that 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 would definitely not be one to get somebody started on. You know what I think would be like the ultimate? Like I give here's a comic, read this, and forever they will never touch another comic. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's just a brutal. <laughs> oh, that's just mean to do to somebody who's just doesn't know the characters at all. That's that's just a thick amalgamation of characters and words. They they will mm-hmm. be lost. They, they'll yeah. They'll be, yeah. I hate this genre. Or any of the Jeff John <laughs> stuff, because he's pretty... He's, <laughs> All, a, he's a great author, yeah. but he's really he's rough thick. with the characters. He's like thick. you know, he, He's not afraid to, to kill one off here and there. Right. I'm sure Jeff's written something that's of easy value. I, I like his story. I like his treatments of the various characters, but at the same time, you know... It's not something you want to introduce somebody to. Like, here, you got to read this. You know, here's Blackest Night. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, we should really go into this week's geek news, but it, it, my my geek stuff of the week has to be said. It cannot be missed. It's not allowed to be missed. Okay. It's uh, very officially needed for this show, and that is that uh, this week I dethroned Barry. Ah, yes. In uh, Pinball Effects 2. Uh, it was a fine achievement. Uh, he thrown him so bad he isn't even here. Yeah. Long fact, live the that, king. That's, that's why he's, Barry is not here tonight on the show, uh, because he is working on trying to improve his pinball score. A, uh, a futile a, a gesture at best. Uh, so, But yeah, go ahead, Barry. Go, go work on that. Uh, that's, uh, I wish you the best. <laughs> no, you don't. Aww. No, I, I don't. I, I, I wish him many, many failures. <laughs> but then again, you know, it's Barry at pinball. He he fails at it all the time. So <laughs> number yep. two pinball yeah. guy. Wow, well, yeah. When you've beaten a guy by four hundred million. Yeah. Yeah. It hurts a lot. <laughs> on, on, on one table. On one table. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's funny when he turns it on to it says, You are the pinball king. Yes, His and then it shows cars jumping up and down. <laughs> right. Doing the doing the victory arm pumps. Right. And it was funny when I when I when I overtook Barry on the whole thing, his avatar start just put his head down and start shaking his head sad and dejected. <laughs> really? Yeah, it did. It really did. And that's uh, great. It, it it was a fine moment. Wow. I, I have Our to avatars really do imitate us. Right. <laughs> so Barry, you suck at video pinball, you suck at real pinball. Uh you know, if you're here, I'm sure you probably defend yourself in some way. But yeah, what don't you suck here. at? Oh, yeah. so next no week, answer. Barry, you'll you'll have your chance to respond. Uh, hopefully, with a score that isn't pathetic. Oh, Just saying. yeah, zap. And uh, so yeah, but uh, last last week we threw out, you know, to you know, if you had favorites as far as this the, the last year. Uh, well, I, I just got a few responses, but this one I particularly want to bring up because because Rawl in San Diego uh, said that his favorite Geek Shock moment for 2010 was a Robot in Jail, yeah. <laughs> and uh, mainly because it annoyed his wife so much that he found great pleasure in it. Right. So, uh, so thank you, Rawl, for uh, for letting us know that that Robot in Jail still lives in the hearts of our fans, <laughs> or apparently or so. Paul's fan. <laughs> yeah. that was such a dorky segment 
It's like, because he's the only one that can hear himself. He's like, this sounds really cool. I'm like, you're the only one that can hear it. Oh, God. So, <laughs> I'm a robot in jail. <laughs> like, so Paul, Paul, you're no awesome. Paul thinks it. you're awesome. We all think you're awesome. And uh, Paul, of course, will be joint with us again probably in about uh, another month or so. So yeah, about this a contract month. is up. About a month away. He'll be released. <laughs> Release the robot, onto a, he won't be in jail robot anymore on paro- robot on parole <laughs> and I also want to throw out an awesome place in Vegas that I found uh, actually a friend introduced it to me it's called Boba City Cafe it's on uh, Rainbow uh, South Rainbow uh, 4126 guy owns it's uh, Brandon Wong he's put together this awesome shop I mean you know Boba Tea awesome fan but this guy also he makes his own ice cream Oh, wow. And gelato. He also has his own little like sandwich shop part of it, and makes these little cream filled pastries. It, that like the shop is just awesome. So it's not okay. one of the ones in Chinatown. It's on Rainbow. Yeah, huh? yeah. And it's huh. and if uh, I just want to throw it out there because he's such a cool guy and it's such a cool shop that uh, he deserves Vegas to know about it. So I just want to throw it out there. Cool. So, so Brandon, thank you. Keep doing it. But. Uh, that's something I give a shit about, so let's talk about things we don't give a shit about. News! Uh, yay! We don't give a shit about. Not a lot. Thank God. Yes, thank you. We've had enough of it the last few weeks. That's true. I, that was that was a glut. But the, but these these are these are no fun. Alright. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alright. I'm ready. Hold I'm on yourself. Alright. 37-year-old Pennsylvanian Jody Lynn Bennett is wanted by police for allegedly stealing a Game Boy and a Game Boy Light out of the coffin of young Bradley David McCombs Jr., who died in a car accident on Christmas morning when he lost control of his SUV and slammed into a pole. Bennett reportedly stole the Game Boys and three games from the coffin during a public viewing at a funeral home, and before he drove away, Bradley's uncle, Robert McCombs Jr., approached Bennett and asked him about the stolen items. Bennett said he didn't have them. But then he handed them over after Robert McCombs pointed out that he could see the Game Boy inside the car. (laughs) (laughs) After the Game Boy was returned, Bradley's father, Bradley D. McCombs, noticed the other missing items. He apparently called Bennett, but Bennett told him not to call again and hung up. Uh, Bennett has a criminal record involving drinking and drugs. Bennett faces accounts of abuse of a corpse, desecration, disorderly conduct, harassment, institutional vandalism, receiving stolen property theft and theft or sale of venerated objects, all of which are misdemeanors. Jeez. Model citizen. And the Darwin Award goes to... Yeah, we should open up a new segment, Stupid Geek Tricks. (laughs) Well, you know what? The next one follows under that exact... uh, (laughs) So maybe this week it is a new (laughs) Stupid Geek Tricks. Stupid Geek Tricks. (laughs) From Clemson, South Carolina. A man has been hospitalized. It, It always... Great when it starts. Yeah. With that sentence, those words are good. A man has been hospitalized after police in South Carolina say he was hit by an SUV while playing a real-life version of the video game Frogger. (laughs) I read this. Wait, wait, he was playing Frogger? Uh, He was literally A real life, yeah. He was the frog, and the highway was... You know, like George in Seinfeld. The board. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Authorities say the 23-year-old man, I used that man word loosely was taken to a hospital in anderson after he was struck at around 9 p.m monday so yeah he did it at night brilliant oh, my ass. well that's a difficult level it is that's what you have to uh yeah that's, that's like level four right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the frogger arcade game players move frogs through the traffic on a busy road and through a hazard filled river he apparently never made it to the river <laughs> Before he was hit, police say the man had been discussing the game with friends. Uh, Chief Jimmy Dixon says the man yelled, go, and darted into oncoming traffic in the four-lane highway. Was he wearing a frog suit? I don't think so. I think oh. in the future, if anyone were to do this, they need to be wearing a they frog gotta be, suit. Yeah, they have I to. I would avoid a frog suit if I saw it on the highway. Well, you know, that you, would help, yeah. Yeah. Right, but then you wouldn't be playing the game because those the games, those cars don't swerve. Uh, they, oh, don't, they, they don't swerve. True. Hmm. Apparently wow. on this highway they don't either. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And guess what? That's all the shit news. Uh, really? This week, like I said, there's not much, and wow, that's wow. that's an all right thing, man. There was there was I mean there was one thing I was looking at like a uh, a sandwich holder that hangs around your neck so you can type and eat your sandwich at the same time. But I start thinking for, about for that. the wow people who yeah you know, can't yeah can't, it was like, touted as a work thing, but 
You know, I saw one like that one time, and it looked like it was just a modification of that the the harmonica holder. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was just thinking. You can put your sandwich in there. And just <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Although there's nothing there to get you closer, so you have to keep moving forward yeah, with your head yeah. until you're next stretching out. I, so it's I, I call this it is a like the carrot on the stick, though. You a know, danger you just put to a sandwich up there and you get people. <laughs> yes. So let's do it. Weekend geek. This is good geek news. Is it meaty? Overall. Well, uh, maybe not all good, but mostly good. It starts all out filler. good. <laughs> all killer. No, no that's filler. good all for filler, a change. No <laughs> yeah, for a change. Uh, so let's, uh, let's let's mark this week, gentlemen. Thirty years ago this week. Yes. Five young people stepped into the gold mine arcade in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, set a bucket next to an asteroids machine, and took turns playing for the next five straight days, raising money for a family in need. Oh, this it's wonderful. This very well may be the first recorded video game charity marathon in history, which has happened since, and of course, Child's Play is like crazy now. Yeah. The participants, the high, high, the high Hill School students, uh, Dan Arch, Jan Trunzo, and Rob Kovach, along with friends, uh, Andy Galababa, uh, sorry, Galam, Galamba, Galamba, and Bruce Walters, played in four-hour shifts and accepted donations for the family of 18-year-old Leo Wampole, who died Christmas Day of pneumonia complicated by cerebral palsy. palsy. Oh. Remarkably, none of them have, had ever met Wampole. Leo Wampole spent most of his days, most of his 18 years, actually, confined inside his low-income housing project due to the severity of his illness. When he passed away, a local funeral director gave Wampole a free burial, but his mother, Carol, was unable to pay for a grave marker. At the end of the marathon, which lasted 132 hours, wow. hundreds of dollars were raised for the Wampole family. The marathon might have gone on longer... But the three high school students had to return to school on Wednesday. Their winter vacations were over. Uh, quoting Walters, My eyes started to smart after a while, but the hardest part was standing around for three and a half hours. Yeah, no doubt. So, yes. Geeked them for charity. That's, uh, wow. that's really awesome. 30 years ago <clears throat> in the video game realms. Wow. Is that the first known act of charity? I believe so. As for, far as... Uh, first for, recorded you know, act? Yeah, for perhaps? video game for video involvement. Game. Wow. Yeah, for a marathon, if you will. That was it. Yeah. That's really awesome. And did they like... Students. Did they just keep putting quarters in, playing asteroids and... I, I, either like, that or they I want to know what the were, highest score was uh, I, in, I, that, in that marathon. I also want to know how many quarters it took overall, because maybe right. they're just that good. Yeah. Because, well, you know, some of those, I mean, some of those guys... You could have played that for a while. Yeah, you could, if you're good enough, you could go one quarter. If they did all that in one quarter, that, that, that'd be damn amazing. impressive, but yeah. I doubt it. Because when yeah, you, right. at first when you said they set the bucket down, I thought maybe it was a bucket full of quarters yeah. before, <laughs> before you got I into the whole thinking. charity yeah, yeah. portion of the story. I was like, Did oh, they have to pull boy, quarters out of the bucket? Yeah, really? <laughs> so, we could have got you more, but this you know, been a thousand. Yeah, exactly. but, uh, Imagine the guilt of, of losing <laughs> the third You lost that quarter. And you have to dip into the charity bucket to keep the game going. That's that would be if Barry were playing. <laughs> Oh, I'm here to defend himself. It's too easy. You just hear clear across the arcade. No. Nah, nah actually in my ear, I, somehow in the ear, I hear, fuck you, Gunter. That's what I hear. Yeah, that's, I was and just going to say that myself. Somewhere in the background, somewhere. Uh, 2011 will be the year that chargers for almost all mobile phones will start adopting a new standard based on the micro USB connector. The process began in 2009 when 14 prominent mobile manufacturers, including Apple, LG, Motorola, Research in Motion, and the maker of the Black, uh, who is the maker of the BlackBerry phones, realized that it might be nice not to have to throw away a perfectly good charger after a phone upgrade and be able to lend said chargers to others when their phones are dead. Uh, hot hard hardware, who hot hardware says that while the switch to a universal micro USB connector began a while ago. Apple has still been using its own brand of connector for all of its portable devices. Huh. But uh, they are among the companies who agreed to jump on the micro-USB bandwagon and are expected to release new devices with the standardized connectors early next year. I'll believe so, it when I see it. Yeah? You're too proprietary? They, they, they get ownership. more money for having their own personal connector they, they, that you can't go out and buy. They sue companies that produce... Uh, chargers and adapters for their products that that aren't that, licensed yeah that they don't license yeah well it's, so, it's, it's so, official yeah well wow. i mean i like like i said i i will believe it when i see it because <laughs> apple likes to keep everything in house so they can squeeze every last dollar 
out of every piece of equipment that you could buy for your, you know, iPod, iPad, whatever the fuck. And didn't they just, did, they've come out now with the, the pad charger, right? That you just put your iPhone on it and it, or is, or oh, is yeah, that, you can just, yeah, that's is that a, the that's iPhone? That's aftermarket, or is, that's, um, you just put it on yeah, there and yeah, it charges. Don't know how it works, but yeah, yeah. that's how it works. Magic. Yeah, it does. Magic pad. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. Merlin's. Uses, I think it's called the Merlin's magnetic pad. fields. <laughs> magneto inductive charging. Yes, it's a magneto's field. That's what it is. Magneto. Magneto, magneto, magneto right. does it. Yeah, yeah. He turns his powers to good. So Apple's not uh, actually going after them, but Marvel is going after that charger company. <laughs> yes, it's Marvel. <laughs> you can't use magnetism. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you are missing a profoundly impressed face on the face of 80s Jeff right now. Yeah, Marvel. Whatever you say, Torgo. Well, uh, last week we talked about the sale of uh, harmonics. You know, yes. Viacom, out of nowhere, it's a boom. They were sold oh, yeah, to yeah, an yeah, investment yeah. company. So, But uh, the price is what's kind of staggering. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Viacom sold Guitar Hero and Rock Band creator harmonics to investment group Columbus Nova for forty nine ninety nine dollars, not not forty nine hundred, forty nine dollars per share and ninety nine cents total, a fraction of the price of one of their bundled rock band releases. All things digital reports this. The forty nine ninety nine also includes music rights as well as responsibility for unsold inventory. Now the price seems oddly low. But it's more of a formality than anything, considering Columbus Nova took on all of Harmonix's liabilities in the sale, and the deal was structured in a way that Viacom makes about $150 million in tax benefits off the deal. Ah. Uh, okay. Wow. <clears throat> but yeah, Still. officially for less than the price, uh, I, I think I paid more for Fallout 3 than they paid yeah. for... Uh, Damn. Yeah. You did pay more for I did. Fallout 3. Yeah. Maybe. Well, actually, I bought Fallout 3, but you paid more for Fallout New <laughs> Vegas. So you paid more for Fallout 3. <laughs> Did you guys go to Best Buy? No. But, uh... Actually, I got it at Fry's. So I, I, think I, paid, I think I paid the exact amount for the Fallout 3. The fact that you remember that is, is so impressive. <laughs> I think I paid exactly the same amount as they did for, Fall, for Fallout 3 as they did for Harmonix. <laughs> Speaking of impressive people... A 10-year-old Canadian girl named Catherine Aurora Gray has discovered an exploding supernova in a galaxy 240 million light-years away. What? Using photos taken on New Year's Eve and the day after New Year's Eve, Gray, whose father is astronomer Paul Gray, identified the supernova by finding a burst of light that had where there had been no light before in galaxy UGC 3378. Gray, who made the discovery under the watch of her father and astronomer David Lane, is the youngest person to ever discover a supernova, according to the Royal Astronomy Society of Canada. Huh. Wow. So while you were getting drunk... On New Year's, yeah. yeah. Here's a 10-year-old yeah. discovering supernovas. Yeah. Show off. Yeah, you know. I believe the children are our future. <laughs> well, she is. Teach well, them she well is, and yeah. let them lead the way. The rest of them were drinking like the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> supernova, sparkly pink unicorn. <laughs> Are you sure Dad wasn't sitting there nudging? They her? get the name hey, what's it, that right? right there. I what's think that so. right there. <laughs> supernova, fluffy. I'm sure some of my friends were seeing supernovas on Christmas, on New Year's Eve with the amount of alcohol I saw them consume. Yeah. <laughs> wow, man. And they named it things like Huffer. Yeah. There you go. Huffer. <laughs> supernova, Huffer. <laughs> the letters page was a hollowed characteristic of the uh, back of a comic issue everywhere for years, becoming so ubiquitous that when the independent comics' rebellion against mainstream got rolling, they still kept that column or two reader submission as editor response. But, like most snail mail, the letters column was eclipsed by permutation of the internet and, in this case, the official fan forum. But DC Comics discontinued their letters page in 2002. Well, DC has announced they are bringing the letters page back. From the source, DC's official blog, we are pleased to announce the debut of the letters page in all of your favorite DC books. Now you have the chance to ask questions and offer your observations directly to our editors and creators. So write in now and let's get the conversations going. Just don't send them anything more than 500 words long. <laughs> don't expect that it will, won't be edited before publishing or that you will still own your words once you send them. Oh. 
But yeah, letters coming back to DC. Marvel so, kept that on, right? They oh, never yeah. stopped. Yeah. That, that's been an inch, Yeah, that's been the, So yeah. does that mean that they're going to knock out a couple of page ads or they're going to knock out a couple of pages of art to put that back? Oh, wow. Just not touch to the Ooh, heart of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm, cynicism. <laughs> Tastes so sweet. <laughs> I consider myself a realist, not a pessimist. Because <laughs> they're not going to give up those advertising dollars. <laughs> Catches I just miss Stanley saying Excelsior. Excelsior. <laughs> Isn't someone saying it for him now? I don't think Joe could say Nobody that. No one else is using it? They just let let him run off uh, with it? Yeah, it's, yeah his, it's his thing. It's, it's his thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Marvel didn't say, that's ours like everything else you made. <clears throat> that's right, no. true believers. Wow. How about true believers? Did they, they still use that? I, I don't think so. Wow. Could Stan be. is the man. Know. You know yeah. what? Stanley uses that. He's got a show on, I don't know, some TLC or History Channel and where they find on real life superheroes. And I think he says true believers. He uses true believers in that. Well, so he might have proprietary to. Do you know how awesome Stanley is? He, he is? he is amazing. He's this awesome. The Walk of Fame honors five different categories in the pop arts, motion pictures, television, audio, recording, radio, and live theater. Comic books? Not among them. But it would be difficult to argue that Stan Lee's work hasn't made significant contributions to the television and movie canons today. Lee has the 2,428th star on the strength of his television career. He did it today. Awesome. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Go Stan Lee. With, with words by Todd McFarlane, I guess, was there to do the... Todd in, McFarlane? Yeah, introduce the whole so Stan Lee So it was Lee like, speech. fucking Stan Lee's a <laughs> fucking awesome guy. And- yeah, I think so. <laughs> I would have rather had he tossed Seth a baseball at him. <laughs> I think Seth MacFarlane would have been a better intro than Todd MacFarlane. <laughs> I think they should have used Adam West. <laughs> Adam Wee. <laughs> now, the Walk of Fame isn't designed to explicitly reward a person for their work in comic books, but Lee is the first person from the comics industry to get a star on it. So, nice. Kudos to you, Excelsior. Excelsior. You. Yes. True believer. We appreciate all you've done. That's just well, amazing. except for Stripperell, I don't really appreciate that all that much. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I still think it was an intern. You do? You? I don't know. How about his current lineup? Oh, I yeah. Uh, uh, Boom Comics, right? Boom. Boom. Is that who's doing? I don't know who's doing his new stuff. I don't read the new stuff. I don't even read the old stuff anymore. I know there are no trades. That's why. Yeah, that's no right. trades. That's so Todd why. won't read them. That's mm-hmm. right. <laughs> that's not true because I have them like all oh. th- those uh, those CD discs they released. Oh, digitized. Yeah, they they uh, Marvel made that. Uh, uh, oh. I, I brought it on the Ugly Couch Show at one point. They licensed it out to this company that digitized like the entire back catalog of Spider Man, X Men, mm. Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, Ghost Rider. If there was a movie coming out of X Men, they they, mm. they each one. They released, and what was great about those was it had the original letters in there too, the original ads. So nice. you got all those oh, really cheap, that, crappy ads. That yeah, so the masterworks. It's just the story. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's and that's what I kind of miss because now they stopped that licensing agreement because Marvel's like, hey, we can do that now with our own stuff and have been, uh, but it doesn't have the the full page stuff. It's just the comic yeah. itself, which in itself is fine. But yeah, well, there's there's something about you lose that reading those ads. When you're, yeah, the Charles Atlas ads. Yes, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. And selling grit. Oh, yeah. selling grit. <laughs> and that little uh, comic about the the dude on the beach gets sand kicked in his That's face. That's the Charles yes. Atlas. That is yeah. the Charles yeah. Atlas. Yeah, one? yeah. Okay. and yeah. Superman, man, and, and not Superman, but the Marvel hero Spider-Man coming to join uh, the Fruit Pie, the magician, and and defeating the evil with the hostess. Cupcake oh, yeah. f- folks, right? Yeah, those kind of messed me up because they always derailed me from. I was reading the comic and then okay, we're now we're fighting and the breakfast cereal comes in and wait, wait, yeah, wait, man. no, that's not yes. part of the story. Yes, oh. the meta <laughs> comic within a comic. Uh, oh, oh, that's continuity, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fruit Pie the Magician is a member of the Avengers in two, <laughs> in two issues. <clears throat> it was the inspiration for Zathura, I believe, or Zatanna. That's the one. Zatanna. Oh, yeah. Zatanna. It was originally Fruit Pie the Magician. Yeah. I see. Is, is this is this fact? Are yeah, you, this this is this is true. You can uh, look it up. Okay. You can read you can read it on Wikipedia. <laughs> well, that means it's in, true. in about an hour. Let's see. California Senate Bill one four one one went into effect, adding criminal and civil penalties to the act of impersonating a person online. 
Specifically, quote, to knowingly and without consent credibly impersonate another person through or on an internet website or by other electronic means with the intent to harm, intimidate, threaten, or defraud another person. As TechCrunch points out, the bill does not address satiric or parodic impersonations, say like fake Steve Jobs. To summarize... The bill classifies electronic impersonation as a misdemeanor punishable by a fine up to $1,000 and jail time of up to a year, in addition to the right of the impersonee to sue the impersonator. It offers no provisions for anyone who is pretending to be someone on the internet for comedic effect. So, but I guess they'll let the court of law sort that one out. Just don't post as me doing whatever. So so if I, I went on there and I did the Just Michael Thing, then you can go after me if we were in California. Apparently, yeah, in Nevada, it's all right. Yeah. I was about Still to fine. say all that Paul stuff I, I've done, I'd be lying. You're in trouble now. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Just, well, just start, Paul. As long as Paul's not in California. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he's out to sea right now, right? In fact, so. the only legitimate yeah. thing Paul's done in the show is uh, rubberwang.com, and that's about it. <laughs> rubberwang, rubberwang, rubberwang.com. Oh, and Robot in Jail, that, that was his too. <laughs> no one else will lay claim to it. <laughs> no, I don't, yeah, you're not going to have a, a problem with someone impersonating that. All right. Well, you know, I said mostly good news. Okay, I had some bad news. Oh, bad news. Sorry. Todd. Sorry. Well, you know what? The people need to know. People need to know. And some of them out there don't. I know you don't. This is going All right. What so, are we? WikiLeaks? So, some of you are going to struggle. Yeah, that's right. Or Geeky Links. That's what Leaks. Geeky, geeky Links. Oh. Yeah. That sounds really disgusting. <laughs> Thank God this is a podcast. <laughs> All right, a little after a month after her Forbidden Planet co-star Leslie Nielsen died, uh, Anne Francis has died of complications from pancreatic cancer at the uh, age of 80. Francis co-starred in hundreds of TV series, some as nerdy as uh, Wonder Woman and Conan, but will always be best remembered by nerds as Alta in the 50s sci-fi classic Forbidden Planet. And also, actor Pete Postlewaite has died after mm-hmm. a battle with cancer. As makes come a surprise to people, as Postlewaite was in three movies in 2010, Inception, The Town, and Clash of the Titans, and didn't appear ill in any of them. You can probably attribute to that to some degree on how great an actor Postlewaite was, and probably to a greater degree on how he was a total badass. Uh, he didn't have the nerdiest of careers, but Postlewaite starred in flicks like Dragonheart, The Lost World, Jurassic mm. Park, and Flux, Solomon Kane, and many more. He was acclaimed for his work in other movies, including Amistad, uh, Boz Lerman's Romeo plus Juliet, The Usual Suspects, and In the Name of the Father, and many, many more. Hmm. So, yeah, that one was a complete surprise. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't yeah. even know he was. Did it say what he died of? Uh, it was, I believe it was cancer. It was cancer, cancer of some okay. sort, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was a badass in the town. I saw that. I was. And I still haven't seen. That. I hear it's so good, though. It is. It's good. Oh and, man! And he's a. It's. It's funny. He's not a shotgun wielding, baseball bat wielding bat. He's just a crime boss who's just the guy utterly cross. Yeah, utterly fucking ruthless. Oh yeah, he's got good presence. So. Yeah, kingpin without the fists. Kind of, sorta, yeah. yeah. And about one tenth the weight. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe he should have played kingpin in Daredevil. Would that have made it better? Pete wow, gee, well they'd have to CGI him because yeah. uh, he he was a small man. That's true. Still would have been awesome. Oh yeah, just saying. Mm-hmm. Speaking of awesome, bring it back up. Everyone's favorite movie reviewer, serial killer, Mister Plinkett, is back. Oh. This time reviewing Attack of the Clones I in a massive, it. massive, but scathingly brilliant nine-part, 90-minute review. Whoa! Wow. I tell you, he's man. He's got a lot more material. Yeah. The, I mean, he's, he's put out some... I mean, there's movie-length review. All right. <laughs> but, so it, but much more entertaining than the movie. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen uh, Mr. Plinkett's stuff, that's P-L-I-N-K-E-T-T, two Ts. Oh, do yourself a favor. And, and watch his reviews of now the entire new Star Wars trilogy and a good piece of the back action catalog of next generation Star Trek movies. Yeah, really. <laughs> Red Letter Media. The yeah. guy yeah. is not only twisted, but just shock, just amazingly insightful. Yes, that's what just grips me. Is this, I have, I've read many, many, I'm a nerd. I've read many, many things on Star Wars regarding its, uh, its pluses and minuses and its minuses and its minuses. <laughs> but no one has ever 
done it as well as this. Well, he definitely puts it in a view, the perspective. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. The characters, right. when, he, when he asks, like, what does this character do? What does this, what um, does this character yeah. do? Yeah, describe the character. Yeah, that describe. Was, that was absolutely, that's like a, a great screenwriting trick right there. You just mm -hmm. take that home with you, and anytime you write, just go over that and yeah. see where the hell huh. you were at. Absolutely. And then he'll take you down to the basement to show you his bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always that. Uh, here's, a, here's some small news out of Marvel. Marvel Comics announced that longtime editor Axel Alonso has been promoted to the position of editor-in-chief, replacing Joe Quesada in ah. the job. After over a 10-year run at the helm of Companies Publishing, Quesada will continue in his role of Chief Creative Officer for Marvel Entertainment. So, Quesada is now over everything. Just as a, He's the guy that's, that's coordinating the movies with the comics and so on. But now uh, uh, this new guy, uh, Alonzo, who uh, used to be uh, in charge of Vertigo at one point, oh. Oh. is okay. now Marvel Editor-in-Chief, the guy overseeing the comic edge. So, huh. we'll see what happens. Yeah, best be of a, luck to him. Could be a change in uh... Marvel fanboys. Don't they don't fuck around? Yeah, talk yeah. to Paul sometimes. No, I mean, I, I know plenty of people that have a hate on for Casada for many reasons. <clears throat> I, I kind of like the guy personally, but yeah. but man, ooh, fickle bunch. Yeah, <laughs> fickle, Paul, Paul fickle can go bunch. on for like an hour about his. His love slash hatred of Marvel. So yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure he, if he were here right now, we we'd we be would be twenty rest of, minutes into the rest of the uh, show. Yeah, the rest of the show would be Paul doing his. Yeah, I would his save two this bit, two cents for last completely. Well, Marvel's <laughs> Marvel's been piquing my interest right now because of their because Disney now wants Marvel. So I'm, right, I'm looking for that Disney change. I'm 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 almost too. Point it, ready to point my finger and like, oh, Disney yeah, just took over, and I'm waiting for it. But you know, maybe that also gives them like that excuse. It's like, yeah, and you know, they they fuck up and they go, yeah, hey, what can you do? We're Disney, we're now. Disney now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is running the show. Whatever. Fear itself turned out to be Goofy in the vampire outfit. Gorsh. <laughs> <laughs> NASA and the Science and Entertainment Exchange have compiled a list naming the most scientifically realistic films as well as the worst. Ooh, I'm interested to hear huh. this. The best include Gattaca and Jurassic Park, both about the power of genetics, as well as Contact, 1927's Metropolis, and the original The Day the Earth Stood Still. Mm. The original. I'm the original, they, yeah. I'm glad that they stated that. <laughs> yeah. As for the worst, uh, Bruce Willis's <clears throat> Armageddon, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Sixth Day, Keanu Reeves' Chain Reaction earned slots on that list, and a special scorn reserved for 2012, which found John Cusack on the run from all manner of environmental calamities. Uh, director Roland Emmerich's film is an exceptional and extraordinary case, said Donald Yeomans, head of the NASA Near-Earth Asteroid Rendezvous mission. The filmmakers took advantage of public worries about the so-called end of the world as apparently predicted by the Mayans of the Central America whose calendar ends on December 21, 2012. The agency got so many questions from people terrified that the world is going to end in 2012 that we had to put up a special website to challenge the myths of Romans. <laughs> we have never had to do this before. So yeah, best and worst as far as scientific plausibility according to NASA and the Science and Entertainment Exchange. Armageddon will happen. Well, yeah, 2012 is, is fun as a disaster pick, but it is laughable is when you, you listen to the storyline. It's like, well, really? Yeah. You, you hear that, and it's like people flooding NASA with calls. Well, that just tells you that the, the movie got out there, people saw it. They're, right. they're, they're laughing their way to the bank. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, so. there was really no scientific basis behind anything that happened in that film. I was uh, like, wow, that's a stretch. <laughs> What, a Roland Emmerich film, a stretch? How is that yeah, possible? I know, right? <laughs> uh, while talking to Spinner, Jack Black revealed that he and Kyle Gass, who fused together long ago to create the band Tenacious D, are indeed working on some new music. Yay. Black said, we're in the middle of recording it. We're about halfway through the writing process. We need another few months. But you can look for it at the end of 2011. The last time we saw them on a large scale was in 2006 with their long-awaited movie Tenacious D and the pick of Destiny. It finally hit theaters. The movie was loved by faithful fans, but didn't fare so well at the box office, costing $20 million to make, but only bringing back $13.9 worldwide. Wow. 
Not much is known about wow. the new Tenacious D tunes, apart from what was said above, and a, a small hint at where their inspirations come from. Black teased, we're going to be talking about love. There are going to be some songs about sex, and there's going to be songs about food. Surely fans wouldn't want it any other way. And Black added, this is strictly a musical endeavor, but I would not rule out another film, although it would probably be on lower budge. <laughs> I was going to say, $20 million is a pretty low-budget film wow. these days anyway. Yeah. Right. But let's face I mean, that was a good movie. I loved it. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I, I realize I'm one of the few. But their HBO minis right. are just gold. Tip, well, tip cop, yeah. awesome gold. And they, what, cost about five cents in a, in a bottle cap to make? Something like that, yeah. So, yeah. Good on them. Hope they do it again. And one of my favorite people in the world, Clive Barker, yes, is returning to his cult favorite Hellraiser franchise. Ooh, but this really? time, it's in comic oh. form with Hellraiser number one, a new comic series from Boom Studios. Boom. The 40-page full-color Hellraiser number one will be written by Barker and Christopher Monfett with art by Leonardo Manco and will sell for $3.99. The first issue will also contain a 10-page backup story written by the co-writer and co-director of the Matrix trilogy, Larry Wachowski. The series will, quote, tell a new chapter in the series' official continuity, a trajectory that will forever change the Cenobites and Pinhead, unquote. Now, what really makes this series really special is that although the Hellraiser franchise has numerous movie sequels and comic book offshoots, Barker himself has only ever written the original short story, The Hellbound Heart, and its film adaptation, 1987's Hellraiser, which he also directed. So since the original Hellraiser, this is the first time Clive Barker has written wow. in that uh, universe. Awesome. Mm. Although I believe the Atkins script for Hellraiser 2 was based on a story by Clive Barker, if my memory serves. Right. Wow. So tell us more about the Cenobites and... When does it go to trade? That's a uh... this this one. I might have to skip on trade. <laughs> really? I might have to do it. I don't know. <gasps> I might have to do it. Dun, dun, I, I might ha- you heard it here first, folks. I might have to call Jim at Cosmic Comics and say, "Hey, you know what? You might not be getting this one in. You better order this for me wow. from uh, Diamond." I might have to do a Diamond order. <laughs> wow! Wow! Whoa! I've sunk that far. The Todd seal of approval. Oh my word. Oh, look, more, more good news. Uh, conservative Phyllis Shafley, uh, this is a, I, I don't, this, this woman. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's irked me in many, many ways. Uh, but this just adds on to that wonderful pile. She put together a list of New Year's resolutions that incoming freshman Republican lawmakers on the state and federal level should adopt in her estimation. Uh, Shafley uh, tackles all the usual conservative bullet points, including school choice, health care, the Boy Scouts, and video games. Here is one of the resolutions she proposes in her town hall column. Video games. There should be no sale, rental, or arcade playing of extremely violent video games by children without parental consent. Explanation. Video games are increasingly graphic and harmful. Unquote. Now, Shafley adds that the the phrase, without parental consent, but the use of that term is very disingenuous. One only needs to look at the September 2010 editorial on video games to see that she believes today's parents are simply not smart enough to do this. Quoting that editorial, Parental control isn't the solution because parents typically have no way to fully review these games before giving or denying permission to their children to play them. Some games are programmed to become more violent while the game is being played, and parents usually don't or can't play the games, unquote. In other words, parents need the government to step in and hold their hands to do the heavy lifting for them. A a true conservative position. (laughs) (laughs) Smaller government, except for stuff I don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, That's... that's oh, the way. The hypocrisy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, that's my position, too. I mean, that but... shit falls on both sides, but man, oh, that woman. Mm-hmm. Over and over again. Mm-hmm. That, that, that thing pops up. I'll, read, I'll be re- reading the paper. Yeah, I still read the paper. And in the opinion section, I'll start reading, you know, about three paragraphs rounds. Like, who is writing this? Bo-? Oh, it's Phyllis Shafley. There it is. Of mm-hmm. course it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, over and over again. I often hear him, Shafley! <laughs> 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 
Her and Coulter. A, 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 oh, God. A, a that wedding, woman is... A wedding made in heaven if they could get married. <laughs> and they just end up in heaven. <laughs> no, not really. Anything but... And that's it for the Geek News this week. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So does that mean... Uh... That's right. It's a big list. Woo-hoo, oh, yeah. Woo! And uh, this going back to an, an, an old list subject, but I enjoyed it so much that I want to return. Okay. Because, because man, and I, and I and I handpicked some of these, so yeah. <laughs> handpicked. Oh, this yeah. I although, see. though, uh, most of the inf- information taken from Games Radar, which has a much larger list of this. So, if you like these, go on there and see more, more laughably terrible Xbox Live indie games. Oh I'm boy. Listening. Yeah. All right. And we're gonna start. We're gonna start low and work our way up. All right, because uh, it's it's almost like an, an increasing awfulness. Uh, number one is Avatar Street Basketball. <laughs> what? Right? Yeah. Not Avatar the movie. You know, you have no, Avatar. Right. You know, yeah. Um, there's only one control in Avatar Street Basketball because shooting a basketball is the only thing you can do in the game. What, you thought you could play basketball with your friends? That's nonsense. Considering that there is only one thing to do in the entire game, you think the controls for it would be at least good, but they're not. To shoot, you press X and hold it down. The longer you hold it down, the further you shoot. There are no hints of any kind as to when you should release the button. You just have to guess. Oh, and... You have to move after every shot. So if by chance you do make a basket, you won't be able to easily repeat the feat. So yes, you press X. That's the game. Wow. Number two. Who did I date last night? The game. (laughs) (laughs) I ask myself that question all the time. Yes. Not. Another game for lonely nerds. The premise of the game is that you had a date last night. With a really wonderful woman. The problem is that you're a chauvinist pig, so you can't remember which set of tits you've been staring at. To rectify this, the problem the game gives you is some clues about the mystery rack and a stack of photos to look through. Each photo features a different sexy lady who just might be the stunning broad you completely forgot about in less than 24 hours. You were given three guesses. As if the setup wasn't bad enough, the game itself is completely pointless. The problem is that the clues given to you don't seem to have anything to do with the girl you actually revealed to be your forgotten date. Quote, I think she likes jewelry, you'll be told. So, you pick girls wearing jewelry. Then the game tells you you're wrong and shows you the picture of a girl that isn't wearing any jewelry at all. Hmm. I think well, that's one that you. Paul downloaded on it our system. Is. And, and goes, this is dumb. Yeah. This is dumb. Paul. This is so dumb. And I'm like, why'd you download it? Yeah, Paul goes through and combs the ones that are like, this game either looks like involves social interaction of the female kind or farts. Yeah, and, and why <laughs> well, does he download them on our Xbox? social interaction. Yeah, really. It's not his own Xbox. He comes over here <laughs> yes. to download them onto our Xbox, laugh about it. Well, he doesn't want to you know, clog up his hard drive with that crap. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> now, now, so that means we got to get on there and make a game of social interaction with women who fart. And that's Paul's game right there. Yeah, it is. Ugly Couch Show, the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's, Hi, it'll, Paul. It'll be, it'll be a cartoon caricature of Paul sitting on a couch with a controller pushing a button making a Xbox game fart yeah that's gonna be the game that's the xbox the live arcade but but you have to use the stick i have to go left or f- right to lift the appropriate cheek okay. yeah that's right <laughs> otherwise it just sinks into the couch and you have to buy a new couch extra points if you get a no no i'm mean, like couch. sitting on the couch with a controller playing a fart game oh I so see. so he's on the couch he's on your xbox Sitting on his couch playing his Xbox, so you're playing, playing a fart game. So you're playing Paul playing a fart. Well, that's game. okay. Exactly. Then you can use the joystick to move Paul's butt cheek up or down, whichever direction to. That's for like him to bonus fart. points. You, you, right. you, you use him to play the fart game, but that's then right. you and move you, the stick to. And make the longer Paul you fart. hold X, yeah. the more silent but deadly it'll be. <laughs> yeah, and you, there'll be a gas meter at the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you press Y to blame the game within the game. <laughs> And then you hit the B button to make Barry pop out and go, Good Lord, Mattingly! 
<laughs> and then you press the upper right bumper to make Barry lose a pinball. That's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Number Fuck th- you, Bristow. <laughs> Number three, Avatars, Ghosts, and Zombies. Another in a long line of terrible Avatar games, Avatar, Ghosts, and Zombies is what happens when you copy I Made a Game with Zombies in it and take out all the creativity. The concoction is bad gameplay elements, features everything you've never asked for. Unintelligible graphics, pointless gameplay, no goal. It is a poster child for everything you shouldn't do when designing a game. Your avatar may have zombies chewing on his or her neck. Maybe they might not be, you can't tell. But I guarantee you'll be in far more pain. Number four, the manly game for manly men. The Manly Game for Manly Men. Yeah. That okay. The Manly ma- Game for Manly Men seems to be inspired by the Brondo Energy Drink videos on YouTube. The game's concept is that you're a manly man's man who needs some sort of manly man product to keep <laughs> women from clinging your man pole or something. <laughs> Obviously, the only answer to this problem is to fling your avatar. Yeah, this is another avatar game off the mountaintop and try to collect bottles of Acme Man Blast deodorant on your way down. Seriously, watching your avatar fall down the side of the mountain is the entire game. You can sort of control your avatar's direction, but only just barely. The manly game for manly men. And finally, Criminals Under Arrest. Criminals Criminals Under Arrest? Criminals Under Arrest. I have no idea if this side-strolling fighter is supposed to be real or if it's the developer trying to be ironic. The graphics appear to have been forged on MS Paint, and there is only one attack <laughs> worth using. Criminals under arrest won't simply offend your gaming sensibilities, though. This one-tenth-ass sorry excuse for a game is also completely racist. Oh, you start wow. off as a white guy cleaning up the town by taking out hordes of black thugs. But if that isn't overt enough for you, and the main the main character yells, "No, not my people too!" when white opponents finally appear. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, wow. So there wow. you go. Criminals oh. under arrest, a piece of shit of a game. You they know, Brondo Energy too. Drink was from uh, Idiocracy. Was it? I don't know if it. I, I doubt Does, that doesn't save that game at all. I, I anyway. doubt it had anything to do with the film. Somebody probably goes, "Wow, this would be fun to make a game that'd be sort of like the games that they would have in Idiocracy," and just failed miserably at it. That's what it sounds like from here. I mean, I've not seen it, so yes, they probably were designing at the time. They they watched it at that moment and said, "Let's yeah. put that in there for relevance." There maybe. You go. maybe, most likely, yeah. Games will never download. Okay, yeah. Well, no, actually, Paul I mean, downloaded them. Yeah, one of the they, games. yeah, they'll find their way on our <laughs> Xbox one way or another. I'm sure. <laughs> and then we'll hear, hear a giggling Paul go. Like, <laughs> oh my god, this game is so racist! <laughs> <laughs> oh and he would actually say something like yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah, he would. Oh. Jeff Tucker, you gotta see how <laughs> racist this game is. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually selling this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh god we miss paul on the couch hey we do and we also miss you barry i hope you're feeling better after your uh your, your absolute... terribly long drive oh, oh, and your, oh, oh. your absolute handing this week so uh <laughs> you uh you rest up uh you get those uh flipper fingers ready however you do it i don't want to know it's probably Ooh, gross and yeah. disgusting what yeah. no we need a video training montage oh yeah, <laughs> uh, kind of do. that no <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he has too many shows to edit before he gets to do something like oh, that oh <laughs> but that's all we got what you got write to us comments at lowlycouchshow.com or you can just hit that little comments section at the top of the web page and just leave it there under the show itself we yeah love hit that the stuff. comments thing it's much faster comment on the comments and we get it much quicker too yeah we do you do. It's I like instant. Prize. It's like boom, you have a new comment. Really? Yeah, I won a prize. And thanks to all those that are writing uh, reviews on uh, iTunes and Zooms and all that stuff, we really appreciate that. It gets the word out, and you know, get the word out. Tell friends about the show, and uh, and have fun with us because we're gonna do it again next week, where uh, Barry will have the opportunity to defend himself. He might not show. That's true. He might not. He's gonna. He might be so he might embarrassed. Be again. Number two pinball guy. Yeah, num- yeah. number uh, so uh, yeah, Barry, number two pinball guy. Number two pinball guy. <laughs> so yeah, 
All right, so that's it for this episode. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Just Michael. And uh, we will see you next week. Yes. You keep saying C. Yeah, I know. To all our viewers out there. Listen, they'll listen to us next week. Will they? Yeah. It's it's Mind's Eye Theater, man. Uh, That's right. They can see par. Yeah. Maybe they see into your soul. Because maybe I'm smoking the right thing when I listen. (laughs) They don't know what it'll look like. Maybe, uh, you know, in their mind's eye, I am, you know. Purple? Yeah. Purple. I am purple. And Barry is still a loser. (laughs) That's true. You're about 400 million more times purple than he is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you got that, Barry? More purple than you!